Welcome to LoveWise Relationship Radio, bringing you love stories, advice, and open conversations for finding and nurturing true and lasting love. More wisdom at TrishaBennett.com. I'm Trisha Bennett, a couples and family therapist in practice for over 30 years. On behalf of myself, my co-hosts, and all of our guests, welcome and enjoy. We design programs for single women who want to be happily, successfully married, and married women who want to stay that way. Sarah is a single woman who recently attended one of our workshops, and we have asked her if she would come on our podcast to tell you what she got from it, what she learned about herself, and what has changed in her perspective about her feelings about being married or finding the right man for her. So we want to welcome you, Sarah, and thank you for being here. Hi. Thank you, Trish. So tell us a little bit about yourself, how old you are, how long you've been on the journey to thinking about being married. Maybe a little bit about dating history. Yeah. So I'm 31 years old. I work as an administrative assistant at a biotech. Love my job. Uh, A musician as well. And love that. I'm in a few different projects and I'm working on an album and I perform a lot. So I have a really great life, but honestly, I'm pretty new to the dating game. Well, that's not true. I've enjoyed what you might call recreational dating for about 13 years. Okay. And just before turning 30, about a year and a half ago, I realized that the quote recreational dating scene is a lot of work and it's just, there's no return on your investment whatsoever. <laughs> Honestly, my lifestyle, like I said, I'm a musician, it, it's always lent itself to casual, short-term relationships. I've had plenty of them, a lot of men in their 20s, mostly men younger than me, and frankly, through my 20s, I had a really great time. I now realize, though, that what I want is a monogamous partner and something significantly deeper than this, what's on the surface level, and once I decided that that's what I wanted, I realized it, I was just in a whole new game. I was in a whole new mindset that was inconsistent with my surroundings and my past and my even some of my circles I just I realized wow this is going to be a challenge to find a partner and and get married given what I'm already doing going out at night playing gigs and who my current friends are yeah so when I when a friend told me about be more you I not only was looking for a partner but I was curious about you know, it's not called single women find marriage. It's called be more you, which also really enticed me. And as a performer, I'm, I love to explore who I am. I'm constantly in the inquiry about what makes me tick. How do I become more expressed version of who I am for me, regardless of who comes along as a partner. But, you know, I got everything I wanted to get out of the course and more. Um, and it was something that really altered how I think about who I am and, and what I put out into the world. I was going to say, Sarah, share with the women how you felt on day one of the workshop and what opened up for you from Saturday morning until Sunday night. What was that feeling like? Um, Well, I took Be More You, I think, three weekends ago, like three weeks ago today. So (laughs) this is like, this is still very new. But before before showing up that, that morning, I was convinced, like no kidding, Single men in their 30s looking to be in a monogamous relationship do not exist. Like that is 
how I walked into the into the room. And I really, you know, from what I could see, like the way, the way that my perspective was, was like men around me either want a partner and therefore they have one, they're married or they're in a great relationship with a girl already because they're in their 30s, or they're working hard at like avoiding getting roped in by somebody who wants a monogamous relationship and they're doing everything in their power to hook up with no strings attached. Like this is all I could see. And throughout the course the course of the course, I, you know, and, and just since taking the program, I realized that not only is that not true, but I realized that I don't have to settle for anyone or anything that isn't exactly my equal and opposite, you know, who is looking for exactly what I am looking for and exactly who I am already. And right. just the way that I've been seeing men since just over the course of the three weeks since I took the course really has shifted. I mean, I used to check guys out. I used to people watch them. I'd scan crowds for the freshest, most attractive face. I would look and see who in here is eligible. And and now I realize that that's just one way and actually quite quite an immature way to, like, attract someone. (laughs) You know, I realize there's a lot more to it. It does take work, and it takes a different kind of looking you know, I've been studying men, which was one of the things that came up in the chorus. And when I heard that, I was like, go study men? What kind of assignment is that? But, like, I really – I'm now watching how men interact with the women they love, with children, with animals, with friends. You know, picking out what I like and don't like about who they're being versus, like, oh, that guy's cute. I'm going to go talk to him. Or, hey, maybe he's single. He's he's alone. I'll go talk to him. You know, like I used to just have really skewed strategies. (laughs) Well, you had the only strategy you had at the time. Right. Which wasn't bad because a lot of women don't have any strategy at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was very limiting. Yeah. You know, nothing nothing has really come about. I wish I could say in two weeks time, I've met this great guy. I have not, but I've definitely noticed the way I watch the way I interact, the way I don't interact, actually, um, has been interesting. It sounds like, too, almost you learned from somewhat, I guess I've been there as well, from a superficial standpoint. I liked all the pretty boys, and I did look at the nice-looking men, which is not a bad thing, but you tap more into the feelings, like watching and observing men. You tap more into wow, that, that man is kind, he's caring. Look look at how he interacts with his wife more lovingly and sort of the hero in the man, you know, you know, all the great qualities. But it sounds like you're letting yourself feel more at a deeper level. Is that a fair statement? Totally, totally. And it's also, you know, I think at one point it was said in the course, like physical attraction is not just about physical appearance. It's not just about being attracted to someone, although that's a, that's part of it. Like you said, I've found myself noticing men that literally I wouldn't have even seen before, either because I would tell myself they're too old, I don't like what they're wearing. You know, and now I'm really noticing even just some of the guys I work with, you know, like you said, how are they treating 
the person that they're even in a meeting with, how are they speaking to the people around them? Look at the way he just touched his girlfriend's waist as she walked through the door. Look at the way that he just picked up his daughter so that she could see something that she couldn't have seen standing on her own on the ground. Like, I'm just, it's like you said, it's a way of being. It's the way that they're making people around them feel. It's the way I feel watching them. I'm just, I'm learning how to see things that I was not present enough to even notice before. That so that's one of the shifts, of course. Yeah, that wow, Sarah. I'm sitting here, I just got goosebumps because I said, <laughs> I'm just watching your transformation in three weeks is great. And you know what was really fun as you were describing that? It's like how present you are in the moment. You went from probably run racing and chasing and, and just not being present. And, you know, this quest for love, like you just slowed down to the presence of what it feels and actually looks like to be in a relationship because you've, you've, been, you've been on that inquiry now. So way mm-hmm. to go. Thank you. You're welcome. So you had shared with us a week or so ago about observing men and that a man had approached you inquisitively kind of asking what you were doing. Do you want to share that? Sure. So in this, it's funny, in this way of being in the same thread of what I'm talking about, I um, I was at a Starbucks, and it was about 100 degrees out that day, so the Starbucks was jam-packed. We're talking like line out the door, lots of AC and Wi-Fi, so people are shoving themselves into this cafe. And like I said, you know, old Sarah would have started scanning, and I did notice right away among the crowd at the Starbucks that there were many, many young people, many, many young guys, a lot of them in the line with me waiting for our iced tea and iced coffee, and I noticed, you know, I noticed the old way kick in. There was a guy right in front of me who's like, oh, I don't know what I want yet. Why don't you, why don't you go ahead, you know, and and I was like, thanks. And, I, you know, I, I noticed the way that I was relating to some of them. But I also noticed um, this one gentleman was by himself, and he was sort of on the, the bar faces the line. So we caught each other looking at one another sort of as I proceeded through the Starbucks line. And he did. You know, he just started – I sort of smiled, and, and it was one of these moments where I – I sort of, like I said, I saw somebody who I wouldn't have normally otherwise seen, but I didn't do anything with it. I just sort of left it alone. And again, he was kind of older and nerdier than I would normally have even smiled at, but here I am studying men. So I find myself doing it. I had my shades on. I was was scanning the whole place for, you know, the old, the young, the the whatever. And this gentleman ended up asking me if I wanted to sit down asking me what I was working on when I did sit down at Starbucks. We ended up getting into a really great conversation about what we do. You know, I ended up telling him about my passion, which is my band. I have a band. We're a band with a cause. We're a three-part women's harmony vocal group, uh, a women's trio. We're called Diva's Daughters, and we donate our proceeds that we make to women's shelters, and we raise our voices against violence. He, of course, was a web designer, logo designer, creative consultant person, and not only did we talk about like what we both do and how parallel it is, but we got into this pretty passionate conversation about making a difference in the world and having our art make a difference, and it, it was just really powerful, and it didn't really come, I wasn't coming from like, hey, I want to date this guy, 
But he ended up being somebody that, of course, was very attractive to me. And then we, of course, left Starbucks and went and got lunch. And then he kind of contacted me later to follow up about where I'm at with my logo and my website and all the things we were talking about. And who knows where it'll go, right? Like this happened four days ago. But I was blown away by how I was – I walked into that Starbucks really open, really different than I used to. And this conversation not only was – you know, it advanced me professionally and got me thinking in a new way, but I really started to connect with a man in a way that challenged me and that was mature and it sort of had a longer sight to it, like a longer vision – and it was just it was just very powerful. You know, he asked for my number. He gave me a kiss after we left, later after lunch. Like, it, it kind of turned into that. But it was also like, wow, this is kind of what Trish was talking about. This is a lot different from, ooh, I have the butterflies. He's so cute. It was like, shoo, we have a lot to talk about and connect with. So, so that was really quite a magical little <laughs> unexpected meeting. Yeah, and yeah. he was 21. <laughs> and, yeah, he was actually 44. So I was kind of like, oh, you know, at first I thought, oh, geez, I, I, this is, I'm out of my league. This is way too much. And then I thought, you know what, 44 is not that old. But I, I literally in that moment, I'd never heard a guy that I was attracted to say, I'm 44. Hmm. Um, so there was a visceral, like, physical response to that. But then there was this, like, sweet, wow, I did it. I attracted somebody who's not 22. <laughs> right, that was quick. Right. <laughs> right. And it was, um, you know, and, and it wasn't as freaky as I thought it would be. I thought I'd be I thought I would overreact. I thought I would be like, ooh, that's too old. You know, I was just sort of like, cool, like what have you done with your forty four years? I think that's what I asked him or something like that. And it was very comfortable. That's great. Great, Sarah. To get a kiss for dessert, you can't beat that. (laughs) It was very nice. So one of the reasons that we are doing this podcast is because we have had women all over the country tell us that they don't really know any happily married women and that they don't really have any great support when they think about the challenge or the journey around finding the right partner, finding the right person to love. So we were wondering if you, having only three weeks under your belt but lots of dating experience, if you have any advice for single women who are still on the journey? Any homework that you would give single women? Um, honestly, my best advice thus far is take Be More You. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have a lot of married women in my life either, and I don't have a lot of, you know, like expertise in the world of marriage, but I do have the distinctions of the course, and I do have what you guys taught me in the assignments, you know, that might, is my first thing. In terms of, like, the dating, I guess the the don't settle is just so – it's more than just, like, a nice cliche. Like, when you settle, whether it's recreational dating or marriage – I don't care what you're doing. Even, like, giving a guy your number. If you settle, it is like – it's just starting off on a really bad foot and setting yourself up for heartbreak, whether it's next week or – five years from now, like, you just are, it's never going to end well, and the fact that 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 point is driven home in the course, in a scientific way even, is very refreshing and very, very spot on, in my opinion. I realize, like you said, with all my dating experience, I'm kind of grateful that I've had nothing but short-term 
relationships. They were really fun, and a couple of them were really, really great. But I have not found my match. And I'm glad that I wasn't married with kids before I realized that. And I guess, yeah, the don't settle piece is just so crucial because when you do, it, it, it just extends into every – it permeates unworkability into, like, every other aspect of life. Yeah. What I'm looking for and what I realize about dating is that dating and, and partnership and your just your partner's championship of you is supposed to breathe life into your life. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to empower every area of your life. And – I realize that now, and that's why I'm even less tolerant of the short term and the not right for than I was, because I really want it to help my life work even better. I don't want it to be another hindrance. So, yeah, so don't settle. Take Be More You. I would say take a few giant steps back and notice how you're currently looking at men and how it might be limiting you whether they're your guy friends, your brothers, your dads, strangers, we do all have a way that we look at men. And it could, in my case, it was very limiting and it was pretty judgmental and it was very surface level. So I would say, you know, check, check in with yourself about that and then look at how could you shift the way that they occur for you? How could they look instead that would actually have something completely different happen? You know, because it will. As soon as you shift that, it will. And just the studying men as an assignment, I would say that one's really crucial. You know, try and try and resist the urge to check guys out. Try and resist the urge to people watch and be flirty and jump from guy to guy, all that. Like, it, it's all the same way of being, which doesn't actually serve your goal if what your goal is is to connect intimately. That's great. And great. You know, when you just said the whole thing about sort of surfing guys, like, checking them out and stuff, all that's great if you're recreational dating. It's fine. You know, it's great to have fun. It's great to experience lots of men because it helps women to figure out what they like and what they don't like. Mm -hmm. But when you're really ready to find a partner, that's when really studying men and looking for the greatness in men, looking for the qualities in men that you would love to have in a man in your own life really comes into play and your experience with studying men is so great, so I just want to thank you so much for for sharing that with everybody. Mm, thank and you. And I'm sorry I only have, like you said, it's. I just want to share, having not really had much results yet, the like major shift that I've felt just in choosing. Okay, I, you know what, like you said, the, the recreational thing has been really fun, but it is completely different from the little time I've spent over on this side of the fence. And I, you know what I'm saying? I guess it's just another piece of advice I might give is like, when you're ready, choose. Don't choose prematurely. Go and have your fun. But when you're ready, don't put up with that anymore if that's what you don't, if you're not committed to it. You know, like I even went a little too long. I knew in my heart around 29 that I really didn't want to be a serial dater and a, and a, a butterfly anymore, but I sort of did it because it was easy for a while, yeah. and that's when I started to get kind of resentful and just frustrated. So it's like, well, and you didn't have the right toolbox either, right? You but know, just making of, the choice, yeah. putting the stake in the ground, and yeah. going and getting the toolbox was yeah. a big thing for me too. Yeah, but that's really great advice. And I think the other piece I would add to what you were saying is when you said don't ever settle. The minute we settle we're false advertising. Mm. 
it's not only don't settle around men, but don't settle in your own life. You know, make sure that your own life is authentic and feels good to you and that you're not settling anywhere in your own life because men can see who you are by how you live your life. Mm. So when you're out flirting, they can see that. They mm. So what they anticipate is that you're looking for a quickie. You know, mm. you're looking for a short-term wreck. The minute you say, like, you put the stake in the ground and you make the decision men immediately see something different. Yeah. The minute you put it's, it's, That's actually spot on. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. It so, is. So, you know, never, ever settle because I, I always say also, when, if you're online dating or people are setting you up on dates, if a friend sets you up on a date, you should go. But if you're online dating and you're reading a profile and you don't really love it, move right along because just like you said, settling anywhere will appear everywhere in your life. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. And I think the other thing, Sarah, that I saw in you is that you almost stopped suffering in silence. Like you had probably gotten to your 30s, said, okay, how can I continue to find and attract these young, young, young guys? And somehow or another you spoke up and maybe had a conversation, say, with Amy and said, you know what? I'm done doing this, this, this um, dating this way. But I, what I saw in you is that you reached out, you asked for help, and you plugged into a woman's network that will get you married. So mm-hmm. it's like really, really reaching out your hand to those women who have what you want, whether it be getting the wisdom at the workshop, getting wisdom from married women. You know, you've come to the coffees. Like I really you've also seen the power of really connecting with women who have what you want. Well, you raise a good point, Heidi, and that is that when you choose what you want, it's nice, but it's really not enough. I was for a while just in my head complaining. It's like I said, all that was occurring for me, all I could see were guys that are either in a relationship or they're not available and or they're not interested. And that sort of makes for this internal monologue and this like no they're all they're all they're all the same I'm never going to you know and until like you, like you said until I really reached out my hand and expressed that and realized how absurd it was it was real for me so you raise a really good point it's like you have to it's not enough to just choose that you're ready you have to start getting your whole environment and community behind you you know like nothing comes easy nothing nothing you're not going to do everything on your own so I guess, uh, I mean, I, pre- I appreciate the acknowledgement, but I really see now that I'm at the bottom of another mountain and I, it takes a village, you know, that I, I know that I'm not going to probably meet him just randomly at Starbucks. It's probably going to be a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend who's going to get me there. And I, the more I can put myself out there, the scarier it is and the more vulnerable I have to be, but the, the more likely the result is going to happen. So thank and you. Yes. You never know it might happen at Starbucks. <laughs> I'm not attached either way. How about that? (laughs) Perfect. I think that risk, and this is the big one because I see that for myself and I saw it in you and and in pretty much everybody who is at the workshop and who's on this journey, the women who take the risk and say, I don't know how to do this, Mm -hmm. I need help, are the Mm -hmm. women that are the bravest and courageous women because now we can – have other women grab hold of your hands and walk on that journey with you because 
man, it's a very lonely, lonely path when you're doing it yourself, and that suffering mm-hmm. is brutal. So mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. plus for just speaking up and saying, okay, can't do it, need help, because I wish Give me for support. every single woman who's yeah. listening to get this piece. Like, don't do it in silence. Don't suffer alone, because I can't wait for all of us. We can have every single dream imaginable, because we have women walking right beside us. And Mm -hmm. so it's so cool to have you be part of this because you have a safety net. And us in these calls and the married women that you met at the workshop, Mm -hmm. but that piece I just really wanted to say way to go. And I just, as I said, wish that for everybody listening. Mm, Thanks. You're welcome. Is there anything else you would like to share? Oh, my goodness. I want to say that I think it's remarkable what what you women are doing and what you're taking on because... Like I said, I've done a lot of different courses, and I am the first to put myself in a course if there's something I need to know or want to know or want to take on. But I've never taken a course quite like this one, and I've never really been on a journey quite like this one. And it's not just a self-help thing. It really is like, what is your dream? Who Who's going to help you get there and fulfill on that dream? And and here's, here are the tools to make it happen. So I just want to share that like while I'm in the infancy of this program and of this journey, I just want to acknowledge you guys for putting possibilities out there for women, empowering women. That's something that's really a passion for me, and I didn't realize I could live it through my own <laughs> love life and creative self. So I want to say thank you for that. And I want to share one other thing, and that is that I have spent the last three weeks being feeling and being very feminine, I don't know if that's just another result of the course, but I have been, like, putting on makeup, shaving my legs, wearing dresses. I got my hair done recently, and I feel amazing. You know, I've never never not been girly, but sometimes I'm just lazy in the morning, and sometimes I just don't – I want to be assertive, and I want to be harsh, and I want to be mean. And, and, and lately I've just realized that not only is that not getting me where I want to be, but it's just not as fun. So thank you for bringing out – a more feminine, soft, but, you know, attentive version of myself. Thank you for giving me a clear intention and the coaching that I need to really find my my match. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. You are welcome, Sarah. It's just so fun. It's almost like Sleeping Beauty has come alive. It's like (laughs) you got that kiss after Starbucks, and I can't wait to see you meet your prince. It's going to be really exciting. Well, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> and we just, you know, continued success with your music, continued success in bringing your voice to the world and sharing it with the world because you're up to some amazing, amazing things. Thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate and love you both. Well, that's it for this episode. we just like to let you know that our goal is to make this podcast available to every woman anywhere in the world. We'd love for you to think about your world and the women in it and to know that inviting other women to join you here will not only change their lives, but yours as well. We thank you for joining the conversation and hope that you've been inspired. For access to more about our programs and publications, please visit trishabennett.com. If you're a married woman with a great love story that you'd like to share here, please let us know by messaging us at our contact page. Until next time, thanks for listening. And we wish you love.